Welcome to Players Anatomy. I am your host, Charlie DeQueen. I'm a physical therapist at Bell & Health Titletown Sports Medicine Orthopedics, a stone's throw away from iconic Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin. On today's episode, we decided to do something a little different. Uh, this episode will be dropping the week of Thanksgiving, so we decided to do something a little bit more about family. Uh, really, ever since I graduated PT school, every family gathering I got uh, that I went to, I would get asked at least two or three medical questions regarding an injury that one of my family members or friends has been dealing with. Um, anyone that's in sports medicine knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and honestly, I really enjoy it. I know my family members always say they feel bad, sorry to be asking you this, but honestly, I really do enjoy it and I'm always willing to take a look of whatever they got going on. Uh, with that being said, what we're going to do today is I'm welcoming on my daughter, Madison, as our guest, uh, to be the representative for all the classic family member questions that I get, but also she has a few questions of her own being a high school athlete. So, stretch out, warm up, and get ready. This is Player's Anatomy. News of the day. Uh, one of the things that happened over the weekend that we really have not talked about is the Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, uh, has bruised ribs. So I figured this would be a nice one. We have not uh, we have not really discussed uh, anything rib-related yet. So really when we're talking ribs, the purpose of your ribs are really to protect your lungs, your heart, and really the upper part of your abdomen. That is their job. It is strictly protection. Um, so as it comes closer to your chest bone, what we call your sternum, and as they go out, most people have 12 pairs of ribs. And as they go out, you have a cartilage section first coming off of your sternum, and that blends right in then to your actual ribs, which is bony. And your ribs go all the way around to the backside and actually attach onto your spine. So uh, when somebody fractures ribs, that is seen on an x-ray. You can see it most, most all the time caught an x-ray, or maybe they need um, MRI or um, CT or a bone density scan if it's a really small, but most fracture you're going to find. Uh, Justin Fields' x-rays were negative, and he's being diagnosed as what's called having a bruised rib. So that does not show up on x-ray, and it really goes based off of, honestly, physical exam and uh, what we call method of injury. So he took a blow to his chest uh, and to his rib area. Um, very, very common in football, especially for quarterbacks, that as they're throwing and their ribs are really exposed, and then they take a helmet or a shoulder right to the ribs. Uh, very very, very painful. Uh, the main things that will bother you right after this is inhaling, so taking a big breath because your ribs actually rise like a bucket handle being pulled up. And then if any coughing or exerting where your ribs would need to be actually descending or slamming back down. Uh, very, very painful. You know, I, it's all over the board as far as time frame, so I'm not even going to try to put a time frame for these. It really is person specific and uh, really specific to what you're trying to get back to. Um, but Michigan, nothing but the best in his recovery. Uh, not a fun one, especially trying to get back to, to playing the sport of football. So for today's interview, as I mentioned before, we are welcoming my lovely daughter, Madison. Uh, she has some questions about life as a high school athlete, but then also is going to be that voice of the family and friends at Thanksgiving about the common sports medicine questions I would get at the dinner table. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Here is family time with my daughter, Madison Nickley. 
right, Madison, well, welcome. Um, I obviously know a lot about you, so but give our listeners a little background. What do you enjoy doing? What are your hobbies being a high school student? Okay, so I am in high school, and I enjoy running cross-country in the fall, and I play soccer in the spring. Uh, I also do yoga here and there along with weightlifting to keep in shape for sports around the year. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, good. I already knew these things, but okay. thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, all right. So today's theme is a little bit with it being the week of Thanksgiving is a little bit of a family thing. I said this in the intro already, but you know, just around a little bit of, I know you and your friends come to questions with me all the time, mm-hmm. but I also all the time around holidays have family that ask me questions. I actually really enjoy it. Um, I love kind of sharing what I know and I do the same thing for other people in my family that are experts. We have a dentist in the family and we have a family friend who's an intro med surgeon. I'm constantly asking them questions just like I get asked. So you have prepared a list of questions for me. I'm (laughs) excited to hear them. So fire away. Okay. So just being a multi-sport athlete, I'm always curious about um, this question. Does stretching really matter? So warming up, cooling down before and after sport. How how does it actually matter? That's a really good question. So, uh, and a very common one. So, yes, uh, stretching, I think, though, what we kind of have to put it into two categories. We have what's called static stretching, which is more you're holding the stretch, or dynamic stretching, which means you're, you're moving while you're stretching. And there's been a lot of research over the years of does it actually prevent injuries um, or not? And prevention is such a hard thing to truly study just because it's hard to tell of, well, would they have gotten hurt or not? But what we've seen for the most part is dynamic warm-up before activity and then static stretching after does seem to decrease your risk for injury. And really what I can tell you is overall, I just see people just feeling better. So it's more of just a good habit to get into of just feeling better. So getting your body moving and thoroughly warming up instead of just showing up and running. Kids seem to be able to get away with it, but when you get old like I am, (laughs) it gets harder and harder. And we see people who are weekend warriors that play rec basketball or play rec hockey and they show up five minutes before the game starts, twist around a little bit and be like, all right, let's go. (laughs) And uh, it does not work out so well for them. And I think that's why we see so many injuries like that early on. Um, But yeah, it's... I can't prove that it'll prevent an injury, but what I find is people just feel better if they are warming up and cooling down. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, (laughs) uh, Second question I had, especially with cross-country and conditioning, does what I eat matter? It's like my diet. And at what age should I really start caring and taking that seriously? I noticed as soon as I got to high school... Sports, I was introduced to a new level of you have to really take your diet seriously and how it can play a huge factor in sports. Yep, good question. So, yes, I mean, and honestly, it's never too early. So, honestly, it's something that um, I know my wife was very, very good about this of uh, getting you guys in the habit of eating a banana right before you played. I think for our son, so your brother, she used to, uh, he had, she got him to eat a banana before a soccer game and then he yeah. scored and then yeah. he thought it was, it was because of the banana, <laughs> yeah, right? So, but really, quite power. honestly, <laughs> banana has power. Uh, but no, it was really, it's never too early. You're the engine and what fuel, what food you eat is the fuel. So are you going to put in good quality fuel or really um, 
quite frankly, not such a good source of energy fuel, kind of low grade fuel. And that's really how I like to explain to people of it does matter. You know, you can think of the like, hey, just carb up kind of idea before um, doing exercise. But honestly, it's eating a balanced diet and making sure you're getting enough protein, fruits and veggies is so important. It is something that I definitely did not know enough about early in my um athletic career and i do think it it cost me like some performance things um so yeah it's it is never too early to start there are some great books out there nutrition timing is a really big thing but at the end of the day eating a balanced diet but an athlete does need to eat more calories than the average um than the average intake you know they say on a 2000 calorie diet Mm -hmm. athletes need to be way more than that Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, going along the line of diet, do we have to watch what we eat before and after an exercise? And how does that differ? Are we supposed to be eating the same thing, different things, eating or drinking? So that goes a little bit along the times of nutrition timing. So again, I personally would not want to be exercising on a full di- on a full yeah. stomach, right? <laughs> so yeah. there's a little bit of timing of okay. So if I have my practice or my meet or my game at this time, how many hours before should I have yeah. something nutritious? Especially like, hydration. Like, yeah. Yep. Um, so for food wise, I'd say yes. You know, looking at timing that and then refueling right after. You know, and making sure mm-hmm. you're eating good quality foods right after. Hydration though is a totally different beast. Um, drinking during a game if you're dehydrated drinking during a game is not going to allow you to catch up Mm -hmm. for your game you're hydrating all day you know maybe even the night before during it's quite frankly now is too late so it's that but then again the same thing after is you know replenishing I think sometimes people take it a little overboard I always love seeing the weightlifters in the weight room with milk jugs of water (laughs) it's like okay just a little bit overkill happy that you're hydrating but maybe a little bit overkill yes I remember at uh, in my class, we had all the football players on uh, before our Friday night games. They always had brought a gallon of water and would carry that around the hallways just to stay hydrated. A little bit overkill, yep. but you a little know. bit. Hey, but staying hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, going or just new exercise, new introducing to new sports. Why do my muscles hurt after a new exercise? So I think this came. This question came more from our from my son. From, from my, my brother. brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He had came home and is like, man, muscles in my chest hurt so much. I'm like, what would you do at school today? Oh, in five class, I had to do like 35 push-ups. I'm like, oh, when's the last time you did a push-up? I don't even remember. <laughs> it's like, well, that's why they hurt, buddy. Yeah. So what actually is happening is a buildup of lactic acid or the term that gets used a lot is delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. And it really is more from when you have not used a certain muscle group at a very high level and then you push that muscle group in a short period of time to a high level it's a byproduct of the muscle thought okay that was too much mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a bad thing the hard part is you do have to work through that to get over it so sometimes yeah. you do need to push work through. that muscle a little mm-hmm. bit to, to push through a little bit um, but honestly as you stay more consistent with exercise people really do not experience that as much unless again they have really really are pushing a muscle group to the limit then you might get that again as long as it's not really lasting more than a day after I don't think it's anything to be alarmed about okay um, so another question I just had about the sports performance i guess process is when is it okay or how do you know when you're ready to start weightlifting so this is a really really common question a lot of times on holidays i'll get this from my aunt and uncles who have kids that are 
getting to that middle school age and they're just trying to plan ahead and they want the best for their kid. And this is a really common question I get from patients, uh, or for, I should say from parents of young patients. Of, okay, so when can we start weightlifting? And the old myth was that you had to wait till you were already done with puberty. That was the big thing. You got to wait till your, your, your skeleton's fully mature. You don't have any open growth plates. And quite frankly, what we're finding out is if your technique is good, if you're doing things correctly, you really, the risk is insanely low. So really what matters is learning how to lift properly. How, you know, squats, lunges, deadlifts, these things, all these great movements, if you're doing them properly, there's little to no risk. The problem is a lot of people are not doing it properly or they ha- don't know anybody, they're not reaching out, they don't know anybody that is an expert that can help them. So my, my advice would be is it's never too early. We do middle school classes at, at, the, at the Titletown Clinic all the time. And I love seeing the younger kids in there. We start with PVC pipes instead of weight. And it's all about doing it properly. Mm -hmm. There's a lot you can accomplish just with your body weight, pull-ups, push-ups, squats, lunges. um, And we will do a lot of that. And then working into weightlifting, but we start really light and it's all about technique. And then really just it's person by person based on if they're ready or not. But all that matters is technique, not age. Mm Mm-hmm. So during my past cross-country season this year, I learned about an important topic of hydration, so kind of going back along our lines of nutrition. And one of the main questions you have as an athlete, because Gatorade is so popular, is it really just for during exercise? So this is always something that people struggle with because obviously Gatorade wants to tell you, no, it is before, after, <laughs> all day, every day, all day, drink our every pot. day. <laughs> but really, honestly, Gatorade and really all these electrolyte drinks are really only designed for when you are heavy, heavily perspiring or heavily sweating. That's really what they're designed for. Okay. So it is really for only during an activity. And honestly, if you really read a lot of research, it's really not significantly better than water. So obviously Gatorade would not like that to get out. Yes. But it does something, but it is it is not for really meant for anything but during exercise. During your sport, um, exercise. your my uncles, one of your family members is a dentist, and you know what he talks about is uh, they're seeing maybe not kids drink as much soda, but they're seeing just as much problem with teeth from these electrolyte from drinks, these sugary drinks, from these sugary yeah. drinks. So no, they are really meant to be only for when you're exercising. Okay, going back to my cross country season. When you're running or any really exercise, your shoe choice or your shoe life, you can call it, is very important. And just watching for when the shoes wear down, how are you supposed to watch that? So this is commonly a, a mis, misunderstanding that people really feel like, but they're, my shoes aren't falling apart. The seams still look great. Mm-hmm. The color still looks great. They're not that dirty. And really, there's two things. If you really, really, really can, you would love to log your miles. Most shoes are designed to go somewhere between 300 and 500 miles. You go to a good shoe store. So if you're in Green Bay, Runaway Shoes, The Heel, In Competition, these are great places that the people that work at these places really know what they're talking about. And they'll tell you how many miles that the shoe you're buying is really designed for. But another easy thing to do is if you, when you first buy your shoe, if you flip it over and look at the bottoms, at the sole, you'll see that there is a really, really fine texture. So not the deep deep, deep grooves, but you'll see that there's some really fine texture to all of the, um, 
to the most of the surface of the shoe. When that fine texture really goes smooth, that's a really easy sign to know you're getting close. But honestly, if you enjoy running and you're running on a regular basis, you really should log your miles so that you know when it is time to make a shoe change. Because the problem is, is what you can't see, the part of the shoe that's the most important that you can't see is that cushion in between, you know, where what your foot touches and the and the bottom of the sole, mm-hmm. that's what's wearing out during the miles. And that's what is why you need to make the change of shoes. Okay. <laughs> um, so everyone at some point with exercise, they experience soreness or pain in certain areas. And how do you know along the process when to rest and when to actually push through the pain or push through the soreness or when to step back and know that your body needs to rest? How do you know the difference? This is a good question because it's one that comes up a lot of, you know, is some pain okay? You know, how hard do I, when can I push through pain? When should I not push through pain? So what I would tell you is that everybody has to listen to their own body. Um, I think everybody has a different pain threshold and you have to know your own limits, but you also need to learn from your mistakes. So for example, if you push through some soreness and you end up being having more pain in that area for two to three days, that was probably too much. But if you push through and you're really just sore the rest of that day and the next morning you you don't have pain, then it was probably okay. And that's kind of the loose rule I use with my patients is if it carries over into tomorrow, then maybe that was a little bit too intense. Maybe we pushed a little bit too hard. But if you're just sore today and you start fresh over tomorrow and you're, it's not a problem, then in all likelihood, that's your body telling us that wasn't too intense. So mm-hmm. my loose rule is, does it carry over into the next day or a few days after, then that's probably a sign that it was too much. Um, that's an easy, loose rule to follow. Okay. Uh, when, when, like, how does my body tell me that I need to take a break or take a rest day? For example, my cross-country coach had told us to take two weeks off after our season has ended of no running, just light exercise. You have a good coach. That's a good, that's good advice. Um, so yes, it's um, one of the biggest problems we have right now in youth sports is sports specialization. And one of the big problems with it is there is no breaks anymore. It is so easy to do a sport year round more than it ever has been before. And it poses problems. And one of them is that it is really hard for anybody to have an actual um, break. Honestly, it's it's just not built in anymore. So I always like when we hear coaches say, like, I need you to take two weeks off. Um, but I look even at, I know there's a gal on your team. She plays basketball. Yeah. She had no chance to take a break, right? It was no, time to get in the gym and start going right away. Time, yeah. And honestly, don't get me wrong, it can be done. But if you're able to, when you're transitioning off of a season into another, or if you're an adult who's just in a training cycle, if you can take breaks... If you can take chunks of breaks, like two to three weeks here and there, I know it feels like you're going to get behind, but it's really a chance for your body just to rest and recover. And a lot of times you'll be surprised. You'll pick up right where you left off and feel even stronger than you did before. But our body just needs a break from the the repetitive pounding, especially being a high school athlete. There was many weeks you were running six days a week. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And your body just needs a break. Otherwise, you're going to start getting caught up with little injuries here and there. I'm sure you had a couple on your team that that struggled. Mm -hmm that it's sometimes just because your body needs a break just your body telling you you need a break okay great thank you um (laughs) and i know you being a medical professional i know it's really easy that i can just ask you any questions about pain or soreness and 
I have easy access to medical advice at home. But for others, how do they know when to see a doctor or physical therapist for any problems that they are having? Yep, this is another one that I get a lot. You know, my that at holidays of you know, hey, my knee's been bothering me. Like, how long before? Like, hey, I probably should have this checked out. And my rule of thumb usually is again is you have to know your own body. You know, in the past, if you have little aches and pains, is it common that they last? You know, a couple weeks, or is it usually just a couple days? So my first question always is, how long has this been bothering you? Mm-hmm. But a, a loose rule, I would say, if you go seven consecutive days, more than seven consecutive days with anything, that's probably not just going to work itself out because that's what I'll yeah. use here. Well, my back's been hurt, hurting, but I figured it'd just work itself out. Yeah. And honestly, if it's two, three days in a row and then it goes away, then it probably wasn't anything significant. Mm-hmm. But if it goes past seven days... In all likelihood, it's not going away. So my rule always is, if something's been there for seven consecutive days, if it's not super intense, obviously. Yeah. This is more of just, it's a mild thing. Um, After seven days, you probably should consult somebody. You know, at the same time, if it's something that feels significant, you're calling in sick to work, you're possibly missing a day of school for it, that probably warrants you seeing somebody right away. Mm-hmm, if you're in school, like. you know, we're spoiled in the greater Green Bay area. For those of you listening in this area, um, almost every single one of our high schools has a, an athletic trainer. Free service for the kids to go to if they're having issues. If you're not at one of those high schools, you know, and again, if you're in the greater Green Bay area, at Titletown, we have a free walk-in injury clinic. We wanted people not to wait and get kind of treat you like the pros. So you can come into a free walk-in injury clinic um, or... Start with your primary care doc or or just simply call the call your local sports medicine clinic and just say, My shoulders bothering, my knees bothering me, I'd like to be evaluated. You know, we want things to be easy. Sometimes healthcare isn't easy to uh, access, and we obviously would make it easy. That's why a lot of places have these free walk-in injury clinics. Because um, going down the dark hole, hole of just self-diagnosing on the internet can is sometimes yeah. be tough. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you, you can do it right, but when in doubt, Ask an expert. If it's something small, after seven days, it's not going away. Yeah. If it's something significant, right away. Any Thank other you. questions? <laughs> I think that was all. It's very helpful to have you explain <laughs> this because everyone, you can never have too much knowledge. So. Well, this was fun. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, this is, uh, course, this I know we've, fun. I've been, since we started the podcast, I've told you um, I wanted to somehow figure out how to get you on here. And with yeah. it being Thanksgiving week, I figured what better way. So yeah. I love you. And thank <laughs> you for joining. <laughs> thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with my daughter, Madison. You know, I've been looking for a, a way to get her on the pod and doing more of a uh, AMA or an Ask Me Anything type uh, platform. Um, and I thought it really worked well. So, but obviously I'm biased, but I think she did fantastic. Um, she's a very, uh, very smart young woman. I'm very proud of her. Um, so if you have any other questions or comments uh, of anything we covered, please leave them um, in any of our social media handles. Just search at Bell and Health Titletown and you will find us. Um, I also included a link to a common injuries and procedures page that we have on our website um, that discusses a lot of common things that we deal with that can give you some good quality information. Um, but quite frankly, honestly, we, we want to continue to grow our following, hit subscribe, tell a friend, um, and simply reach out on our platforms and tell me, what do you want to hear about? Uh, I would love to do these uh, Ask Me Anythings, these AMAs, um, but quite frankly, I just need some ideas. So let me know what else you want to hear about. Um, I hope you enjoyed this kind of, uh, this kind of platform that we did uh, today.
And finally, we have Charlie's Cut. So uh, really kind of going off of one of the last question Madison had for me today is, when do I go see the doctor? When do I um, re- go out to an expert? And honestly, the internet can be a wonderful thing, but it can also be an endless rabbit hole. So if you're having an issue quite frankly, really, it's never too early, especially with now, like I said uh, before, we have a free walk-in injury clinic at Bell & Health Titletown. Come on in. You know, a lot of places, if you're not listening in the greater Green Bay area, a lot of places even have a virtual option for you that is free so that if cost is a barrier for you, at least having it evaluated, you can take that barrier away. But it's never too early to call your primary care doc, set up a visit, get evaluated, see a specialist. It's never too early. Or if you're family, just text or call me and ask me. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, I'm biased here. Having my daughter on was was a lot of a lot of fun. So tell me what you thought of it. But I really want to thank you again for listening. And I am Charlie DeClean, and we'll see you next time on Players Night.